0: Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the A Little Less Fear podcast. I'm your host for the show, Dr. Lino Martinez. Oh yeah. Welcome back, everybody, to the A Little Less Fear podcast. I'm super duper duper excited to introduce Mercedes Colleen. Mercedes, welcome to my show, A Little Less Fear podcast. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you so much for having me here. You're welcome. Mercedes Colleen. she's an editor, writer, digital content developer, and a mental health advocate for everybody, along with people with sobriety and the LGBTQ community. So I'm more than happy to welcome you. Um, these these topics have actually been ongoing on my podcast. Uh, as of June passed, it was LGBTQ plus month and mm-hmm. I interviewed all kinds of people. I found that um, mental health is one of the biggest things that a lot of people are struggling i mean overall in general in in general people are struggling but even more so in the lgbtq community but before we go into this i want to ask you what brought you to your journey to this journey specifically
1: yeah i mean i've always loved writing and literature um so i've been doing it since i was little um and in terms of the mental health work um i kind of spent most of my life just like. In denial that I had mental health issues, you know, even like though everyone in my life was kind of like telling me to get help, um, I was very ashamed of it. Like I didn't want to admit that I had it. Um, and then finally, when I started accepting help, um, then I got a little bit more comfortable, like talking about it, and eventually kind of blended it with my writing work. And you know, now it's something I like to talk about all the time because you know, for most of my life, I, I spent like you know, I was very uh, kind of ashamed of it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And you were ashamed of it because of um, what people were seeing around you or because of things you were seeing online or what made you ashamed about mental health, about taking care of it?
1: Yeah, I don't really know. I guess I, in some way, like, because I didn't have like a very good understanding, I saw it as like, oh, maybe some type of weakness or something that like, you know, was like out of the ordinary, like something was wrong with me kind of thing. And like, I just felt, yeah, just kind of like it wasn't okay to talk about and like you know it wasn't something I wanted to share with people um, but yeah once I started getting help and like you know learning more about it and realizing you know it isn't a weakness and things like that then you know yeah it just became a lot more open about talking about it
0: yeah. and what was the turning point that made it okay for you to talk about it
1: Um, I actually, I forget his name, but I saw this TED talk um, about this comedian, um, like a young comedian, kind of um, talking about having depression um, and how he kind of like used public speaking and comedy to kind of like raise awareness um, and things like that. And I had never really... I had never really thought about it that way. Like I didn't ever think that it could be a force for good or like a positive thing. Um, so kind of seeing this person being so open about like their mental health and even talking about, you know, how it's helped them like connect with others and like raise awareness that kind of like shifted something for me where I was like, oh, maybe I can do this
0: like with my own writing. So. Wow. What an impact that had yeah. on you. Yeah. And so how are you, use, how are you using that now to help other people and to help yourself?
1: yeah um for me i i just write very openly about what it's like to have mental illness um what it's like to be hospitalized for mental illness um you know what it's like to deal with suicidal thoughts or things like that um and yeah i just try to like hold space and you know and kind of hope that like by taking up some space as like an openly like mentally ill person that it does raise some level of awareness and you know hopefully people don't feel as alone and they can see that you know there's a lot of people dealing with this and you know it's nothing to be ashamed of really um so yeah it that's kind of my goal and meeting people after like poetry readings or stuff and they tell me about their story like that's kind of what makes it worth it
0: yeah it's super duper um therapeutic yeah <laughs> i find i mean i totally agree with you there's absolutely positively, no shame in feeling the way that you're feeling because we're all humans all suffering together collectively and we're all trying to survive together. Yeah. So hiding actually, not only do you hide, it doesn't, doesn't benefit you, it won't benefit others. But when you start to learn to shine with an illness, yeah, then it doesn't become such a big a bad thing after all.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: And the beautiful thing about all of this is also that you get to connect with other like-minded people. Yes, absolutely. And help give each other ideas on how to blossom and bloom.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, I, you know, I've definitely noticed in, like, writing communities and stuff, it's definitely a common topic. So, yeah, it's really nice to connect with others, yeah, about those things.
0: Is there a specific topic in mental health that you like to cover?
1: Um, For me, um. One big part of my journey was getting um, a diagnosis of having borderline personality disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's something that isn't really spoken about as much. You know, you hear a lot about depression and anxiety, which is great. But there's also a lot of other conditions that are maybe a little less spoken about and maybe more stigmatized, um, like bipolar, like schizophrenia, um, like borderline. Um, So, yeah, for me, that was a huge turning point in my journey um, because I always just thought I had depression and anxiety. That's all anyone had ever really told me. And then when I asked about it, they were like, yeah, like you you probably do have borderline as well. Um, So that's something I like to talk about because Yeah, it it maybe is left out of the narrative sometimes.
0: It is left out of the narrative. And one thing I found um, being a psychologist, having my doctorate in psychology and um, having, I used to see patients at a dual diagnosis center. I -hmm. find that a lot of these people with these personality disorders are quite Mm -hmm. geniuses. They actually, they're really, really smart and um my fear with putting people with giving people these labels and putting them in these categories is that you're also not they're not seeing the things that could help them Mm -hmm. develop more as a person and those are their Mm -hmm. gifts because a lot of these people have a lot of special gifts to give and a lot of the times we need we can quiet down those other voices or those automatic voices and Mm -hmm. bring up the positivity that's brewing Mm -hmm. inside A lot yeah. of the times when people are having manic episodes or or, or voices or in between mm-hmm. moods, it's because there's a lot of internal energy that just needs to be released. And mm-hmm. a lot of the time, I found that that's creative energy. And a lot of mm-hmm. the people don't even know that they have this creative pursuit that's boiling inside them that's able to come out if it just gets explored. Yeah, that's
1: so interesting for, for you to bring up, like, I,
0: I never really thought about how
1: Uh, closely tied creativity is with,
0: with those sorts of things. So tied with it. I've honestly, I've never met anybody um, that wasn't schizophrenic or that wasn't bipolar or or borderline or histrionic or whatever label you want to put on it, that didn't have a creative force inside them, whether it was music, whether it was painting, whether it was writing, whether it was makeup, whether it was designing, whether it was wedding planning, Whatever mm-hmm. it is, there's a creative force, and that energy is what mixes with all the other energies where we're trying to be normal with society. But it, it doesn't happen that way because there's, we're, we're here for a reason, and we want to fill that purpose, but we're not even aware of it because we've got so much going on in our mind. Yeah, And that's, when, that's what I've actually realized that meditation has been really helpful for a lot of people because you're able to mm-hmm. hone in down on what it is that's going to help you have that creative pursuit.
1: Yeah, 100%. I love meditation and yoga and all that, those sorts of things. Yeah, they help a lot.
0: Have you found that it's helped you uh, focus on specific topics or subjects?
1: Yeah, I find it just helps in general. Like, it's almost like it's like a little, like, vaccine or something. Like, when I take it, if I if I do my m- mindfulness, it's not yeah. that I'm going to have a perfect day. It's just that there's a little bit more space between, like, those emotions and those thoughts and then, like, the awareness um and yeah i find like when i'm not keeping up with my my mindfulness practice then you know i can get a little bit more reactive or like caught up in my emotions and my thoughts so i find it helps so much yeah with the bpd
0: specifically yeah for people that don't know what mindfulness is is there any way you could explain it in easy terms what might what it means to be to have to have a mind of being mindful or mindfulness because a lot of because i've read i've read um like some Some disagreements with that word but I I agree with being mindful but one thing that I once read was that mindful is not a healthy word because Mm. it means that your mind is full Um. but then for some readers they say mindful is a good reader is is a good word is a good positive word because you're holding your mind and you're able to just be a little more aware of other people so it's like I'm, I'm finding these like counter like you know like counter definitions yeah. on these, but i I personally see the more positive side about uh, on being mindful. um mm-hmm. I don't really see it as your mind being full. It's not really spelled that way anyway
1: yeah. so um
0: h- how do you how can you explain what being mindful is?
1: um I think like John kabat zinn I think he calls it like moment to moment like non-judgmental awareness, which I kind of like um, that. yeah having that like non-judgmental kind of attitude yeah.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. that's probably the best way I've ever heard it said. Yeah, non. <laughs> yeah, he's I a great expert. Attitude for sure. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's how I feel. Mindful is as well. Exactly. Yeah. So once you give yourself that space, that tiny little space, um, whether it's what a few minutes or a few seconds, you're able to pause a little bit. Is that what you mean by giving yourself space? Yeah,
1: yeah. I ju- I just find it does it helps give me that l- level of awareness, um, of, you know, being able to kind of realize like that you aren't your thoughts or you aren't your emotions. Like you can have that kind of like right. step back and like watch those things happening. Um, and yeah, I just, it, it helps a lot. I usually, uh, I'll only meditate for maybe a minute or two and then yoga. I'll just do like maybe like a 10, 15 minute thing, but it, I find even a little bit
0: really goes a long
1: way. Yeah.
0: That's so important to, to think that way. And it's really helpful for um, our audience to uh, listen to what Mercedes just said, as far as you are not your thoughts. And that is, there's nothing more true than that. Um, I was listening on this podcast a while ago, this um, <laughs> this monk, this Buddhist monk was saying that mm-hmm. the reason why you're not your thoughts and a good way for you to to question yourself this is like when you think of something you're you're physically your body can can go somewhere but your thoughts don't have to go with you know what i mean your thoughts don't yeah. go with you your thoughts can yeah. be anywhere at any given time so they're not a part of your body physically so you are yeah. not your thoughts yeah and it's um it's it just made sense to me and it totally makes sense like um yeah that's very very yeah. helpful thanks for bringing that up yeah is there a specific community that you usually target as far as when you when you write or when you when you think about like mental health? Is there a specific community, or do you just do this uh, as far as advocating for like the general public?
1: Um, yeah, I think in general, um, I, I, it is kind of hard to separate. Like like I, I identify as queer or like bisexual, so it is hard to kind of like. Um, separate the two like I feel like there is um definitely some like overlap in between like how mental health issues can especially affect the queer community and especially um bisexual people um and yeah like there are definitely like higher rates and stuff so I I feel like I I do the writing work to appeal to really anyone, like whether you have mental health issues or not, like, you know, you probably know someone or, you know, someone you care about probably deals with some level of mental health issues. So I, I do it more for general, like the general public, but yeah, it's hard to separate from also like queer identity as well.
0: Do you find that being open about a queer identity helps other people open up to you with the same identity or does it just help in general?
1: Um, I, yeah, I guess it's more in general. Like to me, honestly, I, um, I still have yet to like sort of find like that queer community for me. Um, like most of my friends are straight. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I came out of, like maybe only like four years ago or five years ago. Um, and I haven't really been to like a lot of like LGBT plus like events and stuff. So I'm still like kind of searching for that more like community of like other people who are who are, who are queer as well but, yeah.
0: and you are wearing what what city or what country toronto oh okay yeah, Great. yeah awesome yeah and then do, you, do you is it because of the pandemic that it's been a little more difficult to find a community do you find that maybe that's given it a little bit more challenging yeah I think
1: so and also just like I have like a lot of social anxiety like I'm not like a big like putting myself out there like often like socially so like kind of my my close friends we've been friends for many many years and they happen to not be you know LGBT plus um, but yeah I'm I mean you know these it, it, it does help to be open regardless yeah
0: and um yeah well welcome to the community by the way (laughs) (laughs) thank you um yeah it's it's interesting for me um the word queer i'm finally barely starting to understand it because i'm i mean i'm gonna be 42 years old and um Mm -hmm in my in my time lifetime the word queer wasn't a wasn't a happy word it was actually a very negative derogatory word yeah but um now i can safely say that but i i still you know kind of bite my tongue before i do when i'm around people my age and above because Mm -hmm. they're not used to that word but i'm now seeing a lot more color with that word and i think it's actually becoming really beautiful queer to me now sounds a little more happier than what it used to so thank you so much for being open about that and and yeah. coming out and, and being free with it. Thank you.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm, I am I'm. can definitely tell you that you won't have any issue navigating through the community. I you know mm-hmm. you only have four years, but it's like once you get your foot in, everybody's super duper welcoming.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> once you get your foot in.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, once you open up, then other people open up with you. And then everybody's yeah. super duper cool after that. Yeah. So tell us about your writing. Like what, what lights you up? I mean, I can, I'm assuming that's one of the things that lights you up.
1: Yeah. I, I love writing. I've always, um, been drawn specifically to poetry. Um, that's kind of where like most of my writing career is. Um, I've just, yeah, I've always loved poetry. Um, so yeah, most of my career has been publishing it. Um, I have two books out, um, Uh, one's called Tulips and the other's called Using a Spoon as a Knife. Um, So I I work with a publisher here in Canada uh, called Great Borders Books. So yeah, that's been the bulk of my work um, is my poetry work. um, And, you know, just giving readings or workshops and talks about the writing process and, and how that intersects with like mental health and things like that. Yeah.
0: What kind of talks do you give as far as like the writing process? What do you mean by that?
1: Yeah, so um, I went to U of T, uh, University of Toronto, and uh, took some creative writing courses um, with a prof called A.F. Moritz. Um, and so after I had left U of T and I was no longer a student, um, I was invited to um, be a guest lecturer in the course that I used to be a student in. Um, so I've done that a couple times, where I go into like a creative writing class and um, read my work and just kind of give my story about like getting published and. Um, the, the kind of the subjects that I cover and, yeah, just like my journey and everything. Um, just, yeah, just just showing us, you know, what, what a writing career can kind of look like and how you can move from being a student to being more like a, a professional author and things like that.
0: And how was that creative pursuit? How did that even come to your mind? Were you just one day like, you know what, I like what I do, I love what I do, and I want to write a book about it. How did that happen? How did it come into fruition?
1: Yeah, like, honestly, I, I got my first, like, poem, like, published when I was, like, 13. Like, it started very, very early. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very early. Um, and then once I took those courses at U um I wrote both of my books. So, like, for the first workshop, I wrote um, my first book, Tulips. And then during the course of the second workshop, I wrote most of my second book. Um, so they were really, yeah, like, really wonderful experiences. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and have you found that your people are reaching out to you and asking you questions about the process
1: yeah and i also work as a freelance editor so as an editor i specialize in um editing poetry manuscripts so i have a lot wow. of uh writers that i work with and then, you know even after we've edited their book like we, mm-hmm. we still keep in touch and are talking about like publishing and writing and things like that
0: Yeah. wow that's really amazing mercedes yeah. that's awesome mm-hmm. that you do that thank you <laughs> Do you have, would you happen to have anything you could share with us? Um, uh, like a, a,
1: poem or two? Yeah, read or... totally. Oh, oh, I don't know. I don't have any ready. Uh... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> let me see if I can get something. Uh,
0: let me see. I can pull it up. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Uh... And so while you're looking that up again, the name of your books, the one of them is called Two Lips. Tulips, Tulips,
1: yeah, and then the other one is using a spoon as a knife.
0: Using a spoon as a knife, which I've done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just did last night.
1: Oh, really? (laughs) Oh, man. Let me see if I can.
0: Okay. Let's see. So these are... These are the words, poetry coming from Mercedes Killeen. You can find her at MercedesKilleen.com. That's Mercedes K I L L E E N dot com.
1: Yeah, um, I guess because we are already talking about um, borderline and things like that, maybe yeah. I'll read one. Um, so I have, I was this is one in a series. Um, and so all of them start with the same author's note, um, which is. The following poems are composed solely of criteria from the DSM-5, or the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Not exhaustive, some punctuation added for effect. So I'll just read the one, um, which is BPD. Uh, So BPD, borderline personality disorder. Emptiness, neediness, idealization, and devaluation, unstable emotional experiences. Frequent mood changes, emotions that are easily aroused, intense, and or out of proportion to events and circumstances. Intense feelings of nervousness, tenseness, or panic, often in reaction to interpersonal stresses. Worry about the negative effects of past unpleasant experiences and future negative possibilities. Feeling fearful, apprehensive, or threatened by uncertainty. Fears of falling apart or losing control fears of rejection by and or separation from significant others associated with fears of excessive dependency and complete loss of autonomy frequent feelings of being down, and miserable and or hopeless difficulty recovering from such moods pessimism about the future pervasive shame feelings of inferior self-worth thoughts of suicide and suicidal behavior Acting on the spur of the moment in response to immediate stimuli. Acting on a momentary basis without a plan or consideration of outcomes. Difficulty establishing or following plans. A sense of urgency and self harming behavior under emotional distress. Engagement in dangerous, risky, and potentially self-damaging activities. Unnecessarily and without regard to consequences. Lack of concern for one's limitations and denial of the reality of personal danger. So that's just, yeah, one in the series.
0: Wow, that's really powerful. And it was very vivid, and I was able to feel what you were describing. And in the midst of feeling everything, I was also thinking like, you're actually super duper motivated considering all of this heaviness that some, that is hard to come out of. So how do you motivate yourself when you are feeling like stuck? And thank you for sharing. That was yeah. awesome. No
1: no problem. Thank you so much. Um it, it's hard. I I find with with borderline the main thing that's helped me is uh mindfulness and then also DBT or dialectical behavioral therapy for the audience.
0: Um Yeah, what is that? Um yeah, um dialectal dialectal behavioral therapy.
1: Yeah, so it started by Marsha Linehan um and it's basically um I I, I probably won't summarize it perfectly, but it's specifically designed for people um, with borderline or who have like a lot of suicidal or self-harming behavior. Um, There's a lot of different modules like distress tolerance or mindfulness and different things like that. But it it was originally designed specifically for people with BPD, so I do find it very helpful. Um, So kind of using those tools has, has helped a lot.
0: What's one of those tools?
1: Um, I think the biggest thing for me is um, a DBT principle called um, opposite action, um, which is just basically when you're really in that difficult mental space where, you know, all you want to do is kind of stay in bed and not do anything and not talk to anyone and just kind of isolate, then, you know, trying to gently like take the opposite action of like, okay, I feel like... Uh, isolating I'm going to maybe try texting a friend or you know just trying to do that opposite action not like not pretending that you're not feeling the feelings but just trying to challenge yourself a little bit to just do the opposite of what kind of your mental illness is telling you to do Um, I find that helps a lot
0: yeah yeah that's really powerful too because what you're also doing when you're doing the opposite of what your brain is telling you to do is you're rewiring your brain to think differently Yeah, building other bridges, you know, the freeways. Yeah, that's really that's really awesome. I mean, it sounds to somebody that's not dealing with it, it sounds like, well, that's simple, but it really isn't that simple. Because I mean, I have a genetic disease. I don't know if you read was on was on my website or not, but there's times where I just don't want to get out of bed either. And then sometimes I'm like, just do it, you know. And it's like once you do and you get going, it's like you build Mm -hmm. another freeway and you're able to just kind of flow on that road.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, geez, thanks for sharing, Mercedes. This has been really awesome. Um, how can we get a copy of your book? How can our audience find your book, your books? Yeah,
1: um, well, you can go to mercedesclean.com. All of that is linked. Um, or you can go to greyborders.com. That's grey with an E, not an A. Um, so you can go to greyborders.com and go through the bookstore there. But otherwise, everything's linked through my my site. Yeah. yeah.
0: Greyborders.com. I'm definitely going to get myself a copy. it's been a pleasure interviewing you thank you so much for being open and raw and honest and this is what our audience needs and wants and loves so with so much love from our audience to you to you to us thanks so much for sharing yourself and i hope i look forward to interviewing again um in the near future Uh, i noticed on your that you also have a topic on sobriety yes yeah i do yeah so i'm going to be covering uh, sobriety coming the new year i'm going to have like Amazing. a month's worth of um talking to people about sobriety and stuff so i awesome. look forward to having you back on the show
1: yeah i'm excited it'll
0: be good thanks mercedes keep writing keep benefiting the world and keep lighting up thank you so much thank you <laughs>